It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this uh, Tuesday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard. Jeff uh, is in studio with us as we await the arrival of the mayor. That's usually on Wednesdays, uh, but uh, she called uh, about a week ago and said, I have something to do on Wednesday. Could I flip-flop with uh, one of the council members? And that happened to be David Soucy, and uh, so um, a few calls were made, and Mr. Susie said, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll flip. I'll come in on Wednesday and uh, let uh, Lisa come in on Tuesday. So that's what's going to happen. At least that's what's scheduled to happen. And so we'll be chatting with the mayor. And as you can see, Jeff, I've got a whole bunch of uh, different topics uh, to uh, bring up. And I just wanted to clarify something now that she is scheduled to be on the show. I don't know if I heard it on, on the air or whether it was, um, it was somewhere that uh, when she's on, she doesn't take calls or we don't take calls. And uh, in the last program that she did with us, uh, we uh, didn't have uh, any calls to take. Uh, but um, let's clarify that. Uh, it's a talk show, and so if you uh, have a question for the mayor or you want to make a comment, um, then uh, do that. And uh, the t- telephone number is the same as usual. So that is a uh, um, a fallacy. It's uh, inaccurate and uh I thought I'd clear that up. Would you like to contradict that? Oh, it's, no, not at all. <laughs> the only time WNRI's up front does not take calls with a political guest is when it is paid political uh, advertising during the election cycle. Other than that, your calls are always welcome. And don't forget, you can email uh, upfront at WNRI.com and Roger will read your question. So there's uh, there's many ways to, to get uh, get through. And again, unless it's a paid political... It's an open line show. All right, so we wanted to uh, clarify that at uh, at the beginning of uh, the program. So um, when uh, we have a, a few moments, we usually do a few commercials. We'll we'll do that now, and then if she doesn't arrive, we'll bring up a few other topics uh, that are out there. So stay with us. First announcement is from uh, Lisa over at Community Care Alliance. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycareri.org or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Haddock tacos, um, barbecued chicken sandwich, uh, Cajun grilled haddock. And a tuna salad roll or a tuna salad wrap. And there's so many uh, menu choices. Some are $8.99. Some are um, $9.99. And um, if you enjoy uh, a nice, uh, relaxing, casual luncheon, you'll find it right there at the Roast House in Blackstone, Massachusetts. If you happen to be in Pawtucket, you can check them out there. And at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. Today's Author's Hour will feature a double header. First up will be Joanne Ackerman with her brand new book, Burning Distance. And then at a right around 9.35, author Joanne Dickerson, award-winning and best-selling children's author, debuts her brand new book, John's Adventures of Yellowstone Park. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Tuesday edition of the Upfront program, Roger and Jeff in the studio. 
Good morning, sir. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Roger. Thank you for having me. Well, in all the years as an entertainer and here in radio, one thing I've learned, Roger, is give the people what they want. And I know people want a COVID story. Oh, yeah. COVID <laughs> story. Yeah. I can, I, I can hear a lot of them. Uh, I can see a lot of them turning up their radio right now to yeah, get the details. All the details. Well, when COVID-19 was moving, depending on what strain you had, and each strain affected people differently, and each strain was different. Um, I did experience the loss of taste and scent well, when I had uh, COVID-19, and it was a very odd experience. Fortunately for me, uh, it did return. But uh, studies are showing estimated 28 million plus Americans never got that sense back either one mm -hmm. smell or taste and uh, it's quite apparently having a psychological impact taking away a lot of pleasures of sense and aromas and eating food well uh, that would really be a really a setback for me because i wouldn't be able to taste my <laughs> shrimp mozambique or, or my sardines. shrimp fra diablo I love those. Uh, it would have actually helped me. It would have broadened my palate, that's for sure. Um, and, and it came on quick. I was eating Twizzlers that day, and I was working on a production piece. One Twizzler, two Twizzler. Did a little bit of work. When I went for that uh, Twizzler package again, I couldn't taste it. And then I tried to eat other things. It's a strange sensation. But uh, scientists are actually working. Uh, researchers at Mass Eye and Air uh, are studying this. And they're taking a look at uh, what they are calling a, uh, a smell, a scent re, uh, recovery uh, method. It's in, it's in trials. It's got a long way to go. But they want Americans to know that if you have not uh, recovered your sense of taste and smell, keep your spirits up. They're not throwing in the towel yet, and they're ramping up these clinical, clinical trials, the hopes of finding a solution for these 28 million plus. But regardless, they say, of a treatment or not, it's important for patients who experience these symptoms to keep your doctor notified because they need data. And if you uh, want to bring up a topic uh, prior to uh, the mayor's arrival, uh, you can. And we're going to uh, give you a telephone number, 769-0600-766-1380. I've got the uh, email file open in case uh, somebody wants to uh, share a thought with us. If not, we will uh, let you know uh, what uh, other topics uh, you can um, talk about uh, are out there. And we certainly know that the General Assembly finished up. Mr. Brian uh, on, um, let's see, I think it was uh, Friday's program. John Brian uh, telling us uh, when he got on the air to do the upfront program at uh, 8 o'clock that the uh, General Assembly finished after 2 o'clock in the morning. And they... Um, basically uh, passed a budget and uh, passed some legislation that he was uh, happy with and unhappy with. I guess it depends on uh, the particular um, piece of legislation that you're, uh, that you're talking about, right? Uh, but uh, uh, the General Assembly session, what I think the significance of the General Assembly session is this one was smooth and next year it's not going to be a happy one. And the reason being is that um, we had money in the bank and there was cash to spare. And uh, Dan McKee could give out all kinds of money to all kinds of uh, all kinds of reasons and all kinds of constituents uh, that he wanted to please. And he did. And uh, so did the General Assembly. They had the money. They had to use it up. And now... They have this tremendous budget, which is far more than, than uh, in proportion to what other states, bigger and smaller, of us uh, have. And how are we going to balance the budget next year? And that is going to be um, a good stuff for a talk show. So I hope I'm around to be able to hear that one because that's not going to be a pretty picture next year. Do you agree? Oh, I think for a lot of communities, a lot of states... And a lot, a lot of cities and towns, and too. cities and yep. towns, yeah. Sure. It's going to uh, be a problem. Uh, we forget. How, it's funny how quickly we forget. Year after year, 140, 180, $220 million deficits that we were facing and the gravy train of spending. Think about that. $14 billion state budget uh, and $43 million put into that. Uh, by the General Assembly to uh, deal with the housing crisis. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see how that fixes the housing crisis. And, uh, but that money 
along with continued increased reimbursements to communities for things like car taxes that uh, were repealed and so on and so forth. It's going to be an interesting stretch ahead, Raj. And that is going to be uh, one of the uh, lead questions that, that we'll have for the mayor as she uh, looks at the uh, spending. And, and you can see that um, by looking at the council meeting, they're still trying to determine how to uh, spend the remaining funds that uh, the American uh, Rescue Plan uh, deposited into the city's uh, treasury is over $26 million. I think the mayor has it all allocated in her mind, but uh, a few council members um, want to see uh, a few of those dollars um, redirected to some of their uh, particular interests. So we'll ask her about that uh, when she uh, gets here. Vern Rainville. Larry, tell us about him. Well, here's a question for you. From Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 484- 384.95 for a free, no obligation in home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. And Vern uses the latest estimating software with the most current pricing in the area so that if you call uh, Vern, you're going to make sure that uh, the amount of money that's due you will come to you. And uh, since Larry did that commercial, I just want to mention that um, I went to lunch with uh, Larry Poitras uh, on, um, I think we went on Thursday, we went over to Grumpy's and had a nice luncheon. And um, he um, uh, was uh, like to uh, pass his uh, greetings on to everybody, uh, telling them uh, that uh, he's, uh, he's A-OK. And uh, he sent me a nice email. And uh, I didn't mention the Larry luncheon until the mayor got here because he had... A message for the mayor. And so uh, I wanted to pass it on uh, to her since she's in the studio. Good morning, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. How are you today? Good morning, Roger Bouchard. I'm fine. How are you today? Good. would be better if I turned your microphone on. Mm. She did say... Good morning, Roger (laughs) Bouchard. How are you today? Right. I wanted you to... Hear that because I didn't want you to think that she uh, she ignored me. So anyway, I had lunch with um, Larry, and uh, he certainly um, misses everybody around the radio station, and he misses his listeners and so forth. But he's attending to uh, to duties uh, at home, and uh, he's happy to do it and so forth. And um, so uh, Larry sent me an email, and he asked me to ask you about noise on Minden Road. So that's where we're going to begin. And uh, it is interesting. Uh, the sound systems are out there. They they have improved the sound systems uh, from uh, ten years ago. They are the the bass is much much better, and um, and also the music is livelier than ever. And uh, so I'm just wondering, as, as as mayor, I know this is not the the top of the uh, agenda items for you, but I'm wondering, as mayor, whether you get much complaints about noise. And Larry says. There's plenty of it on Menden Road. The mayor on noise in Woonsocket and and what she's directed public uh, safety to do about it. As we know, first of all, hello, Larry. Hello, Liz. Uh, As we know, noise is always a problem. Speeding is a problem. Littering is a problem. And those are generally things that uh, when they happen, public safety can't get there uh, when it's happening generally speaking, uh, because it's by the time the call comes in and the car gets there, the car with the loud music is gone or the speeder is uh, in Massachusetts or at the other end of the city. Same thing with um, littering. So those are things that the city of Woonsocket and all communities are constantly trying to combat. Uh, Generally speaking, in the summertime, it seems to be more prevalent because it's nice weather. The windows are open. Um, you know, it, the people don't have their car windows closed with the heat on and things such as that. Uh, but I can tell you this, that uh, our uh, patrol, um, they're doing everything. They're not just doing noise, litter, and speeding. They have all the other things that they have to pay attention to. And some uh, 
far more serious, but still, quality of life is something that is extremely important to me and to Larry and many others. So our uh, officers, um, uh, we have, as you know, we have motorcycles as well in the city. Uh, almost every single day, they're on radar. And when they're on radar, they don't necessarily have to ignore the, the noise. So they can also give a violation for that. So they do do that. Uh, they are on uh, on radar. They are giving out citations for speeding. Uh, if your if your sound is too loud uh, and it's rocking the house besides their car, and and there is an officer around, they will get cited and they will get fined. Well, I know the noisemakers are out there because I live on Prospect Street. And uh, are you and saying my house oh, is a noisemaker? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I'd say your house looks pretty after oh, uh, after the painting, uh, but. Uh, uh, they do come up, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, restricted to Larry's neighborhood. They, they've passed by uh, my house and, and your house, so it's not mm-hmm. like we're unaware that they're right. out there. No, he's absolutely right. And, and we have speeders as well. You'd think, mm-hmm. you know, side street, it's a cut through. Mm-hmm. They cut through our, our street to go to Massachusetts, so they're speeding uh, only to have to stop at the stop sign. So uh, it's everywhere, and you can only spread uh, law enforcement so thin. We're working on it, Larry. Yes. All right, we got a bunch of topics uh, to uh, to bring up on the show. I'm I've got hold. If you look at the paperwork here, there's a lot of topics. However, I'm going to give you the courtesy since uh, we started with uh, noise uh, control. Uh, if you want to bring something up, uh, I know you. You know, you brought up the Fourth of July celebration. A few things for the mayor, and then we'll uh, we'll hit with some topics. Okay. Um. Is my microphone working? Yeah, it's working. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because someone was just saying they they couldn't hear me, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I okay, can see perfect. it. Perfect. And I can hear you in my earphones. Fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You said fireworks display. Fireworks. If yes. you want to plug it, sure. anything. No, you no, want to I talk do, about. I do, and I'd like to plug two things. So when Socket celebrates Independence Day, Fourth uh, of July, on Sunday, July second, um, that's when our uh, event will take place at World War II Veterans Memorial Park. Uh, it will have a rain date of July 7th if it decides to rain and Mother Nature doesn't cooperate. Uh, there will be two live bands. There'll be, as Liz Kerrigan would say, tons of food and dessert trucks, massive fireworks display. That uh, display starts at 9. But the music... Um, etc. Other than the fireworks, will start at 4 p.m. We always have a very, very large turnout, and we're excited about it again this year. And I just want to thank Liz; she did a phenomenal job um, uh, putting all of this together for us. And she uh, did a nice job of uh, making sure we have materials here in the studio to uh, promote the event. Not only that, though, um, uh, she uh, keeps us up to date on the uh, chair yoga event. And uh, the library and the park event, uh, the Market Square uh, car cruises, and the one that uh, I uh, keep promoting, which is uh, um, something that happens every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and that's Walk with Ease uh, at World War II Park. And all this stuff uh, comes from Liz, and uh, we uh, regularly use it here on the program. Anything else before we get to my topics? Well, I just want to, again, uh, Coach Briggs and Coach Paskanic, uh, they also have the walking club. And they have the Cornhole League. They have band exercises. Please, please, if you're listening, if you're 55 and over, if you have the time, please reach out. Please at least try it. You will find that it is, um, it's great to socialize. It's great to feel like you've gotten some exercise in. And also to uh, maybe make some new friends or hook up with some old friends. But on that note, Roger, uh, we just finished installing some exercise equipment at World War II Park as well. Uh, I want to thank the planning department uh, and the folks in the planning department under the leadership of Director DeBroyce. Uh, Also, uh, the highway department uh, participated in this too because uh, we needed to have some cement uh, forms uh, poured for the exercise equipment. So Director D'Agostino took that lead. But... Uh, this is the real deal with the exercise equipment. So when you're on the walkway, you can actually stop at this equipment, jump on, do some exercise, get off, and continue on. And there are several pieces of equipment to choose from. Check it out, Roger. All right. Will do. 
And now a uh, whole bunch of topics, not necessarily uh, chosen in the order of importance, uh, but um, we'll, we'll get to them all. First of all, let's talk about the new schools uh, planned for Dunn Park area. And um, it is a part of the RISE uh, Mayoral Academy, uh, I guess, progression. And uh, there'll be a new high school there. And then uh, also uh, this uh, partnership will build a, uh, a new elementary school for the Woonsocket Education Department to replace Coleman. Uh, and as I understand it, uh, an acre of land has been set aside for the playground uh, to keep the playground intact. And an acre is a lot. I wish I had an acre of land on my property. Um, but anyway, um, and then last night at the council meeting, one of the residents uh, complains about, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the whole plan going through her uh, property and so forth. I realize this is not an administration project of um uh, it's a ride uh, Rhode Island Department of Education project. But uh, would you comment on this um, mayoral academy? Since I think the mayoral academy uh, is related to uh, an initiative that you started a number of years ago. You're on. Okay. So actually, I'm involved in this, you know, in many ways. I chair the board at Rise Prep Mayoral Academy. Uh, I sit on the uh, building committee for the Woonsocket Education Department. And I'm the mayor of the city, and these are public schools within our city, and public schools are important to have. Uh, we know that the public schools under the Woonsocket Education Department, uh, some of them are extremely old, and they have come to basically the end of, of time for them, and it is time to build some new schools. We have been working with the Rhode Island Department of Education uh, pertaining to funding, pertaining to uh, many different things, design, architects, uh, engineers, and things such as that. So uh, here we are. Uh, we live in an urban community. It is extremely difficult uh, to find large parcels of land, which we can talk about that later, uh, pertaining to economic development as well. Uh, so in the the, the area of Fairmount, uh, that's a very densely populated neighborhood. Uh, housing is extremely close. I would say a, probably a good portion of the homes are on non-conforming lots. And of all the elementary schools, Kevin Coleman is the one that is of uh, in most need. So what do you do? Do you take uh, all the children out of the neighborhood and bus them to another part of the city? Uh, so the thought became uh, to utilize Dunn Park. Uh, we have... Uh, we are fortunate in, in, in the sense that we do have a lot of parks in our city for an urban community. They are scattered. Uh, the only place that I feel uh, lacks an area to play is Oak Grove, which is something I'm working on as well. Uh, but getting back to the schools. So the Rhode Island Department of Education uh, approved the construction of a high school uh, now, keep in mind, the, the, the scholars who attend RISE Prep are Woonsocket children as well. There are some who come from North Smithfield, come, some who come from Boroughville. But the super majority are our children who live in our city. And interestingly, Raja, um, according to the superintendent of RISE, um, a significant percentage come from the Fairmount area. So... Kevin Coleman School services, for the most part, the children who live in Fairmount, and they're in need of a new school. So this is where we insert Dunn Park. And you feel comfortable that there's still enough room for Dunn Park playground facilities uh, within the context of this building development of the schools? So what we're doing, so, so just so you're aware too, we also have Costa Park, which is in Fairmount. Mm -hmm. uh, Costa Park is a significant sized park as well. It's along the river. That park will be undergoing uh, an approximate $200,000 renovation uh, that is already moving forward. Uh, we also have discussed, I thought it would be a good idea to create pocket parks, which are smaller parks uh, uh, throughout Fairmount, maybe adding uh, two of those in addition to Costa Park and in addition to leaving the acre. So, the majority of the acreage at Dunn Park would be utilized for the two schools, but there is no nothing of any indication of taking anyone's property. Previous council um, 
buys the All Saints property for maybe a safety complex. You have other ideas about a safety complex. You certainly have shared that here a number of times. <coughs> and so uh, now uh, the idea is to resell um, resell All Saints. Correct. Uh, so uh, tell me where you stand there. Absolutely. I was never in favor of purchasing that property for a public safety complex. Uh, from the onset, the director of public safety, the two chiefs, um, in particular, fire chief, uh, Shatra, who is um, a 37, 37 years of service to our city and has more knowledge than most, um, and understandably, that's his industry, uh, made it perfectly clear. Uh, as did the director of public safety, that you cannot, the response time to try to get to a fire or to an emergency in the city from that site was not feasible. And there was no support from them to build a public safety complex there. And uh, if you look at that site, I think if you count, it's probably 12 buildings from Massachusetts. Uh, you cannot get, you cannot get into the Fairmount area or other uh, parts of the community, the edges of Burnin, uh, Oak Grove, in a time that is safe. So that particular site was never an option. Um, it was it was toyed around with, uh, and and I know why 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 it was done, but it makes no difference now, and don't even need to speak about it. But it is not. If I had an idea for that property, it's two acres. The downside for a municipality is it, they paid $1.36 million. And if you need to clear that site for a two-acre buildable site, somebody needs to build something, now you have to take down three buildings. So I'm, I'm not a demolition company, but if you're looking at seven or 800000 or even 600000 now you're at $2 million for two acres. So maybe we have somebody who has a very profitable business and says, listen, I like the site. It's on a state road. It's on an artery into Massachusetts. And I would like to buy that and I would like to develop it. And we are looking to sell it because I don't think it was uh, a wise investment and we need to move it. Do you have any prospects? Uh, we have, I think, four people at this point in time uh, who have viewed the property, who have interest in the property, and who will more likely than not be responding to an ad that we put into the newspaper. So we are uh, organizing that. We're getting the terminology down. The solicitor has been working on the, I don't want to say conflicting wording, but there's a lot of language in there saying which way to, to, to take this on. So we will be putting an ad out there. And anyone, anyone who is interested uh, can put in an offer on the property. And... Um we can get our money uh, back. Uh, you think we can get the one point three? Well, right? we we'll, 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 ta we'll talk it up. No, we have no interest in losing money. Um, so if we do, if we do sell it for what we bought for it, doesn't mean it was a good investment. Uh, sometimes it's how you market it and how business friendly the city is uh, to help uh, create that interest and help to drive it uh, home. Um. What about your um, pay raise, uh, or not pay raise, back pay? Uh, where did that uh, disappear to? Is that a the, done issue? Yeah, the process that, that it took was not a process that um, was in line uh, with how it needed to be done. Uh, so the solicitor um, informed the council that it should be uh, taken off the docket. All right. Can you get by without that 15? I'll be at your door. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having one. All right. Um. I saw those two pretty wreaths on your door. I said, well, he's got extra cash. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah there's plenty of money around. Uh, where do I go to uh, next? Um, well, how about this story here? Uh, um, Rhode Island uh, City being sued uh, by the U.S. for selling uh, federal apartments. Um, there's a picture of you. It's Go Local. And I was our told, old neighbor, Roger. Uh, it is. Who's yes, that? our old neighbor, Josh Fenton, loves, oh, oh, to stir, they, they, loves to stir it up. You know, Josh. Oh, the, <laughs> all right, all right. The guy who runs the newspaper. Yes, right. Okay. Yes. Um, I was told that this is done routinely across uh, the country by HUD, but um, 
um, maybe I was uh, maybe I was wrong. But anyway, what do you do uh, with this? Uh, this happened a, a few years back. It was during your administration. Um, is this a, a big a big deal, or is this, um, as you said, Josh Fenton over at that uh, paper just trying to uh, raise some uh, some eyebrows? So what do you do with that? Well, what I do with it is I turn it over to the solicitor because he's the attorney. I am not an attorney and no one on the council is an attorney. So uh, fortunately, we have a very talented solicitor who pays attention uh, to details if he's not rushed into doing something. Um, But he is reviewing that and, uh, you know, quite possibly, uh, the uh, you know, we have attorneys who also do the title searches on the properties before they go to tax sale. So right now, I think the, pro- the, the point that he's at is he's dissecting that, seeing, you know, when it went to tax sale, who was the tax sale attorney, who did the title search. Uh, and honestly, there are times, Raja, where houses like that change hands. So the bank owned it, then Roger owned it, then the bank owned it, then Lisa owned it. So Possibly when it did go to tax sale, it could have actually been uh, owned by a private homeowner. So all that research is being done. So what happens? Do we return the money of 27000 back to HUD if uh, we're found, um, if we don't win? Uh, whatever happens is determined through the work that the solicitor does. So once, once he uh, weeds through that and there's some finality to it then i'll know and you'll know and everyone else will know all right city audit comes through and um the um uh it says here uh, news release from your office it says uh general fund surplus affirmed by independent auditors the audit is done and uh, i i read some of it and it looks like um it was a pretty clean audit yes i just want to thank the finance team and also uh, Brad Priea on the school side. Our finance directors uh, work very closely, um, whether it was Director Chamberlain, now Director Johnston, uh, work very closely with Brad over the years. So um, good job by you all. When the Rhode Island General Assembly meets um, next year uh, after this session, it's not going to have the access to, uh, and nor will the governor have access to, uh, those federal opera funds uh, that uh, they were able to tap into. We had our share, $26 million. You have a pretty good plan, I guess, for how to spend it. How do you think that's going to affect your planning and the Woonsocket's, uh, city of Woonsocket's economy when you can't uh, lean back on those funds? Right, that's a good question. So, my, and, and I think I've shared this multiple times on the radio, you can't, you can't have it both ways. So you have folks who, who say we need to help residents in the business community uh, because they're still struggling uh, from the COVID-19 pandemic. So, but in the next breath, they say we don't think ARPA funds should be used in the budget. Well, it contradicts what you just said of how people are still recovering from COVID-19. Personally, I'm not convinced of that. Everyone's back to normal. Everybody's coming in and out. Nobody's wearing masks unless you've got bad allergies or there's smoke coming from Canada. Um, So at this point in time, uh, I feel that, yes, this particular year, it was a good idea uh, to, to use the ARPA funds. That's one of the uses that you can use it for, and potentially next year. But after that, we will be five years out from the onset of COVID. There are businesses in this city that are doing far better since COVID because sometimes you get complacent. Sometimes things just stay status quo. You don't get creative. Uh, you You don't branch out and try to do different things. Some folks did that and some have been extremely successful keeping in mind covid or no covid business is open and business is closed and business plans are put forward and they're not successful you can't always blame everything on covid i think um 
That's exactly what happened to us. I think we became a better business because of COVID. Uh, hey, Booch, uh, this is on. Uh, this guy doesn't like me too much. Probably you either. Why can't the mayor just admit that this Dunn Park school nonsense recently came about because she wants to sell off Barry Field and the school committee has a different plan? Stop lying and just fess up to what you want. Tell the truth for once. That's directed to you. Okay. Right. All right. Let me, let me try. Let me, let, yeah, let me try. Okay, John. Um, so. <laughs> no, this guy is not. I know who this guy is. It's not John. But, uh, but. Uh, no, it's not John. Okay, Bob. Right. So, anyhow. John, yeah, <laughs> it could have been John. All right, whoever it is, makes no difference. Listen, it has nothing to do with that. Go back in your memory, whoever this is. Sign your name next time because I'll have a conversation with you. Stop hiding behind a keyboard. Um, I have said from the onset. Barry Field should be sold. So I don't know where it, this person either just moved into the city or has never listened to me say that. For 10 years, I've been saying Barry Field should be sold. Barry Field should be developed. Going back to your question about falling back on ARPA funds for a budget, we need development in the city. We need tax revenue in the city. You can't keep giving money away and thinking that the bottom is never going to fall out. So you have to be careful when you're using the funds. You have to make certain that you don't rely on those funds for, for eternity. But this person has not listened to what I said from the beginning. We should sell and we should develop Barry Field. So Dunn Park is a way to keep a neighborhood school in the neighborhood. I have never, ever been in favor of building a school at Barry Field. This goes back to when I appointed the school committee and and the school committee and the superintendent, McGee, who was the superintendent then too, Dr. McGee, everyone was in agreement. The busing would be a nightmare, the cost of busing, the time the children would have to be on the bus, bringing children to the border of, of North Smithfield it didn't make sense to do it. It still doesn't make sense to do it. So I'm sorry, whoever this is, but there is no one other than maybe this person who, who didn't hear me say we should be developing Barry Field. And I still say it, and we should do it, and that's what's the right thing to do. Mayor, why is it a good idea? Why is it a good idea to ask the General Assembly to delay the... Uh update uh, the mandatory uh, update on revaluation of the city's taxable property. Is this, is this something that you want? The tax assessor approached me on that and he indicated uh, the reasons why that he would like to see it postponed and I certainly agree with him if that's what he feels needed to be done. Uh, he is the tax assessor. I am not. And uh, we did have, as you know, uh, we had uh, a an appraisal, um, I'm sorry, a reval done uh, several, uh, maybe two years ago now, three years ago. I'm not sure. It kind of overlapped. Uh, but he came in and we did not have a full-time tax assessor for, for a while. And this would give him time uh, to get the office in order the way he would like to see it and uh, push it out one year. Otherwise, he'd have been in the middle of that right now as well as other things he's doing. So I had no problem with that. And there was another one. Uh, it says here, uh, why did the council approve, uh, um, and, but I do relate, think this relates to the mayor's office, um, asking the General Assembly to um, exempt Woonsocket from the state law capping the tax rate on deed-restricted affordable housing at 8%. Uh, any, uh, any comment on that? Why did we? Uh, why did we ask the General Assembly to exempt Woonsocket from it? Do you want to answer that? No. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because uh, they had a council um, meeting the other night. They voted four to two to ask the General Assembly to do that. And um, I'm not quite sure what, um, what the issue was. If, uh, 
Um, if you'd like to defer that to another time, you're welcome. To no, no. I, I mean, because, because as you know, Woonsocket was probably now has the highest uh, percentage of low-income housing. We have investors that are coming into the city who are purchasing properties who don't live in the city and most don't even live in the state of Rhode Island. Their rents are secured, very high rents through the federal government, and they are not paying taxes on the buildings that they own the way other taxpayers are. They're only paying 8% of their rent roll, which means the taxpayers of Woonsocket are picking up the uh, lost revenue. So your bill is higher, my bill is higher. Everybody who owns a home in the city is paying more taxes because of the fact that they're getting this discount. And we have discounted enough and we are in a situation with housing where the price of housing has escalated. So I feel like we're going back in time where years ago families would buy a three-family or a four-family and they'd have different family members living in different apartments, aunts or grandparents or what have you. So properties even of four-family, five-family, six-family, they're being purchased by these investors which are now not giving families. So the people who are so concerned about people having home ownership should be in favor of this bill that did not pass, that we've been get, trying to get passed for years in one form or another, to allow families to buy houses so they can live in these houses, so they can rent out units, so they can collect rent to help pay their mortgage and taxes and insurance. But no, instead, we have big business people who are coming in and scooping up these properties. They don't live here. Most of the time, they're problematic for our inspectors and problematic for public safety. So it's time to allow people, hardworking people, to buy the property, not investors filling their pockets with cash. Well, we'll get a shot at it next General Assembly session because it didn't, uh, I guess it came too late this year. No, it didn't come too late. We spoke about it a long time ago. The entire council uh, spoke at a meeting to the legislators. All right. So they knew about it. Do you have earphones there? I do. Yeah, see if you can hear me in the earphones. Some, um, somebody was suggesting that we don't take calls on the program when you're here. We only, uh, the reason we don't take any is that if we don't have one, it's, <laughs> it's tough to take. So, uh, this person, uh, do you have a question for the mayor? If you do, here's your chance to pose it. Hello. Yes, hi, good morning, Mayor. How are you today? Good. Your I'm question, fine, please. You. Yes. Um, I know there's been a lot of chat about a new public safety complex. I would like to make a suggestion that I think uh, you and the public safety director uh, would find helpful. Now, again, I'm not talking about police and fire. I'm just talking one side of the equation. Uh, I think that you and Gino should give uh, Chief Crapo a call in Grafton and go and tour his police station. I've been in many police stations over my career, and uh, I'll tell you that, in my opinion, it's one of the finest police stations I've ever been in. And I think that if you go and ask him to give you a tour, uh, you'll really come up with some good ideas for the police side of a new public safety complex. Appreciate your oh, call, sir. Thank you for that. I've driven by that complex. I haven't visited uh, uh, Mr. Crapo, Chief Crapo up there, but it's a beautiful complex in Grafton. Okay. All right. I think I'll have to take a field trip. Now, Lissa uh, Emailer writes, um, the, referring to her comments at the uh, city council meeting last night, Donna writes, I guess, I didn't complain. I'm frustrated with the plan that showed it was going through my property. Also, my frustration is not uh, talking to the residents it will affect up there. I'm not the only person upset about this. I agree. The area needs schools. However, Dunn Park has been a mainstay for the community for all ages since I can remember. Asylum Street is a quiet street with a lot of residents over 60 years of age. All we ask is for some courtesy and consideration from the city. The mayor was understanding of my comments yesterday and offered to speak with me, and I thanked her for that. And uh, thank you for your email on that topic. Yeah, thank you. And did I say complain when I just spoke? Because I, if I said complained... I, I might have said it, okay. too. Uh, you okay. know, I, I don't remember what I said, but uh, we uh, do apologize if uh, we uh, misrepresented uh, um, her, uh, her views on that. Okay. Hey, we're covering a lot of topics we are. here. All right. We so... Uh, Guess who was at the council meeting last night? James Kanoya. Do you remember him? Mm. 
He spoke before you. Anyway, he spoke, you spoke, D'Agostino spoke, uh, but you're here, not those two. So, therefore, give us an update on the Cass Park project and the finances and whether, in fact, we're going to come out below, even, or up on the, on the money side. Well, what's the story? Okay, so let's not lose sight. This is an exciting project, and as I said to the council last night, um, the six councilors... Uh, who supported uh, the sale of gravel during the election, um, They finally the council took a vote. And it was because there was a new makeup on the council uh, because uh, the, the vote uh, to sell gravel uh, did not pass multiple times. Uh, let's, let's try to change uh, the path that we take because you have certain people in the community and this happens everywhere. It's not just Winsocket. They will try to change the storyline. They will try to change the focus. They will try to take something good and try to find a million little things like little gnats that is wrong with something to try to take the focus off of something that's very exciting. It's unfortunate. Uh, people uh, who are elected do it. People who are non-elected do it. But my focus on this project is always a very positive uh, focus. We said from the beginning uh, that the sale of gravel uh, will be used to fund the project, the Caspak Recreational Complex. And in addition, additional funding will come from ARPA. That we are not looking to go to the taxpayers for funds for this project. We're not going to raise your taxes to build this. We're not going to say we ran out of ARPA funds. We're not doing that. We are making certain, and that's why we need to be cautious with the ARPA funds. We need funds for the project. We need funds for the public safety complex. And this project is moving along. If you go there, you can literally stand and now see from where you're standing where the old track was, you can see the high school. So the hill is, being, is, is coming down, the gravel is being sold. The, the prep work that's been done is, is extraordinary. Uh, the amount of work that's been done, the moving of the earth that's been done, this is all very, very costly work. And to date, all of that work, so if you looked at where we were and where we are, and you say, how much did you have to spend from your budget? The answer is zero because the sale of gravel has paid for all of that thus far. And now it's time for any progress. Now, what that means is uh, I have four topics and I want to know if there's any uh, progress on any of the four topics. I'll list the four topics. You pick and choose. Any progress on the old middle school project at Park Place? Any progress on the hospital trust building on Main Street? Any progress on Hamlet Avenue and maybe finding uh, some uh, acquisition uh, uh, avenues? And any progress on what to do uh, with the uh, wastewater treatment plant Cinegrow issue? You are on. Any progress? Okay. So, the middle school, uh, we have just set up a standing weekly call. Uh, because uh, they are working away on their plans. They're working away on the amount of units. I'm not sure if I mentioned the last time I was here. Uh, the parking garage is something that is a bit of a stickler right now. Uh, we're certainly in favor of a parking garage. They want an underground parking garage. It is extremely costly to build an underground parking garage. But the investors are, are determined to keep this project at a level that they... Uh, imagined and, and planned. So we're trying to work with them to figure out how we can help solve some of the hiccups that they're having. So we, fe we felt it was best to have a standing call each week that, that Director DeBroyce and I would both be on together or, or, or at least one of us would be on. Uh, that's the middle school. Uh, Hamlet Avenue, I saw an email yesterday. Uh, the attorneys on both sides, that being the city and the owners, are both working on um, language for uh, a legal document uh, to bring forward to the administration and to the council. That's Hamlet Avenue. Uh, in addition on Hamlet Avenue, I have initiated um, an asbestos inspection. Director DeBroyce is handling that on the Victorian office building. So that particular building 
always was one of my favorites. Uh, but as you can see, over the years, deteriorated. Uh, it was supposed to be a part of the uh, renovation of that site when the middle schools were built. But I think what happened back then, um, I wasn't the mayor, but I think, I think the project ran out of money. So that building did not get renovated. So the story with that is, if you need to demolish that building, you still need to do an inspection and have an asbestos inspection done. Um, a remediation plan developed, and uh, that's what we're doing on that. So I just wanted to add that in because you said Hamlet Ave. 162 Main Street, we just met with them again last week. They uh, have, they've ha kind of hit, hit a hiccup too. That's when they come to us and they ask for some assistance. So there's a couple of things that they're looking uh, for direction, I guess you could say, uh, for contact names and things like that. So that's where we are with, with, with them. I do know that we're getting to the end of the program. Um, so I do just want to bring one thing up um, that uh, has uh, been was spoken about last night by uh, Director Gillette. And that is the fundraiser that we have for Owen Hopkins. Mm -hmm. uh, so in, in case some people missed this. Uh, so we learned of this and there is um, an interesting uh connection uh, to the city of Woonsocket. Uh, so little Owen, uh, he is the son of one of our firefighters. He is the grandson of one of our retired police officers. And he is the grandson of one of our uh, public works employees. Uh, so um, Director Gillette and Director D'Agostino uh, uh, in conversation we're going back and forth on what could we do to, to help as a municipality, as a community, and as a team. Because we're all part of this same team in one socket working together. And we went back and forth on different fundraisers and we thought, you know, maybe we'd sell just a small amount of $100 tickets and, 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 and sell them and move forward with the raffle. Raffles are popular. Here. Raffles, yes. Mm -hmm. But we decided that... Um, not everyone can afford a $100 ticket. And yes, it would be less tickets to sell. But if the tickets were $20, then pe it gives people the opportunity to feel that they were a part of helping Owen and helping the family. So we changed the price to $20 because we figured if Roger Bouchard was going to buy a $100 ticket, he'll just buy five tickets mm -hmm. and, and still make the same donation. So this opens the door for more people to be a part of helping Owen and helping the Hopkins family. So we have 500 tickets that we're selling. They're $20 each. And the drawing will be... Um, on Wednesday, July 19th at 5 o'clock at Christopher's Restaurant. So if you buy a ticket, you're welcome to come and the drawing. Uh, so it'll we start at, it'll start at 5. We and you, and we, we, I think here. we're going to drop off some here and at WOON. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have tickets. If anyone needs a ticket, they can feel free to call my office. If you know me and have my cell phone, shoot me a text message. If I don't get back to you, it's because it gets lost in the queue. Uh, but we are extremely um, confident that we'll be selling all of these tickets and doing the best we can. Bunch. And I want to give a shout out to Sheehan Printing uh, because once they saw what the terminology was for the ticket, uh, they, they donated uh, enough for the cost. And we played the song bite a little bit earlier from Gino Gillette. We'll play it again and again, and we'll sell the tickets here and support this fundraiser. And thank you for being with us today. Okay, thank you, Roger. Great to see you. Next time, nice to see you too. Tomorrow, David Susie. Bye-bye, everybody.